chapter twenty part one of the bohemians of the latin quarter by henri mouget translated by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter twenty mimi in fine feather part one no 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 you are no longer lisette no 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 you are no longer mimi you are to-day my later the vicomtesse the day after to-morrow you may perhaps be your grace the duchess for you have put your foot on the staircase of greatness the doorway of your dreams has at length been thrown wide open before you and you have passed through it victorious and triumphant i felt certain that you would end by doing so some night or other it was bound to be besides your white hands were made for idleness and for a long time past have called for the ring of some aristocratic alliance at length you have a coat of arms but we still prefer the one which youth gave to your beauty when your blue eyes and your pale face seem to quarter azure on a lily field noble or serf you are ever charming and i readily recognized you when you passed by in the street the other evening with rapid and well-shod foot aiding the wind with your gloved hand in lifting the skirts of your new dress partly in order not to let it be soiled but a great deal more in order to show your embroidered petticoats and open-worked stockings you had on a wonderful bonnet and even seemed plunged in deep perplexity on the subject of the veil of costly lace which floated over this bonnet a very serious trouble indeed for it was a question of deciding which was best and most advantageous to your coquetry to wear this veil up or down by wearing it down you risk not being recognised by those of your friends whom you might meet and who certainly would have passed by you ten times without suspecting that this costly envelope hid mademoiselle mimi on the other hand by wearing this veil up it was it that risked escaping notice and in that case what was the good of having it you had clearly solved the difficulty by alternately raising and lowering it at every tenth step this wonderful tissue woven no doubt in that country of spiders called flanders and which of itself alone cost more than the whole of your former wardrobe ah mimi forgive me i should say ah vicomtesse i was quite right you see when i said to you patience do not despair the future is big with cashmere shawls glittering jewels supper parties and the like you would not believe me incredulous one well my predictions are however realized and i am worth as much i hope as your lady's oracle a little octavo sorcerer you bought for five sous at a bookstore on the pont neuf and which you wearied with eternal questions again i asked was i not right in my prophecies and would you believe me now if i tell you that you will not stop at this if i told you that listening i can hear faintly in the depths of your future the tramp and neighing of the horses harnessed to a blue brougham driven by a powdered coachman who lets down the steps saying where to madam would you believe me if i told you too that later on ah as late as possible i trust attaining the object of a long-cherished ambition you will have a table d'hote at belleville or batignolles and will be courted by the old soldiers and bygone dandies who will come there to play lancanet or baccarat on the sly but before arriving at this period when the sun of your youth shall have already declined believe me my dear child you will wear out many yards of silk and velvet 
many inheritances no doubt will be melted down in the crucibles of your fancies many flowers will fade about your head many beneath your feet and you will change your coat of arms many times on your head will glitter in turn the coronets of baroness countess and marchioness you will take for your motto inconstancy and you will according to caprice or necessity satisfy each in turn or even all at once all the numerous adorers who will range themselves in the antechamber of your heart as people do at the door of a theatre in which a popular piece is being played go on then go straight onward your mind lightened of recollections which have been replaced by ambition go the road is broad and we hope it will long be smooth to your feet but we hope above all that all these sumptuosities these fine toilettes may not too soon become the shroud in which your liveliness will be buried thus spoke the painter marcel to mademoiselle mimi whom he had met three or four days after her second divorce from the poet rodolphe although he was obliged to veil the raillery with which he besprinkled her horoscope mademoiselle mimi was not the dupe of marcel's fine words and understood perfectly well that with little respect for her new title he was chaffing her to fits you are cruel towards me marcel said mademoiselle mimi and it is wrong i was always very friendly with you when i was rodolphe's mistress and if i have left him it was after all his fault it was he who packed me off in a hurry and besides how did he behave to me during the last few days i spent with him i was very unhappy i can tell you you do not know what a man rodolphe was a mixture of anger and jealousy who killed me by bits he loved me i know but his love was as dangerous as a loaded gun what a life i led for six months ah oh, marcel i do not want to make myself out better than i am but i suffered a great deal with rodolphe you know it too very well it was not poverty that made me leave him no i assure you i had grown accustomed to it and i repeat it was he who sent me away he trampled on my self-esteem he said to me that i had no spirit if i stayed with him he told me that he no longer loved me that i must get another lover even went so far as to indicate a young man who was courting me and by his taunts he served to bring me and this young man together i went with him as much out of spite as from necessity for i did not love him you know very well yourself that i do not care for such very young fellows they are as wearisome and sentimental as harmonicas well what is done is done i do not regret it and i would do the same over again now that he no longer has me with him and knows me to be happy with another rodolphe is furious and very unhappy i know someone who met him the other day his eyes were quite red that does not astonish me i felt quite sure it would come to this and that he would run after me but you can tell him that he will only lose his time and that this time it is quite in earnest and for good is it long since you saw him marcel and is it true that he is much altered inquired mimi in quite another tone he is greatly altered indeed replied marcel he is grieving that is certain but what am i to do so much the worse for him he would have it so it had to come to an end somehow try to console him oh answered marcel quickly the worst of the job is over do not disturb yourself about it mimi you are not telling the truth my dear fellow said mimi with an ironical little pout rodolphe will not be so quickly consoled as all that if you knew what a state he was in the night before i left 
it was a friday i would not stay that night at my new lover's because i am superstitious and friday is an unlucky day you are wrong mimi in love affairs friday is a lucky day the ancients called it dies veneris i do not know latin said mademoiselle mimi continuing her narration i was coming back then from paul's and found rodolphe waiting for me in the street it was late past midnight and i was hungry for i had had no dinner i asked rodolphe to go and get something for supper he came back half an hour later he had run about a great deal to get nothing worth speaking of some bread wine sardines cheese and an apple tart i had gone to bed during his absence and he laid the table beside the bed i pretended not to notice him but i could see him plainly he was pale as death he shuddered and walked about the room like a man who does not know what he wants to do he noticed several packages of clothes on the floor in one corner the sight of them seemed to annoy him and he placed a screen in front of them in order not to see them when all was ready we began to sup he tried to make me drink but i was no longer hungry or thirsty and my heart was quite full he was cold for we had nothing to make a fire of and one could hear the wind whistling in the chimney it was very sad rodolphe looked at me his eyes were fixed he put his hand in mine and i felt it tremble it was burning and icy all at once this is the funeral supper of our loves he said to me in a low tone i did not answer but i had not the courage to withdraw my hand from his i am sleepy said i at last it is late let us go to sleep rodolphe looked at me i had tied one of his handkerchiefs about my head on account of the cold he took it off without saying a word why do you want to take that off said i i am cold oh mimi said he i beg of you it will not matter to you to put on your little striped cap for to-night it was a nightcap of striped cotton white and brown rodolphe was very fond of seeing me in this cap it reminded him of several nights of happiness for that was how we counted our happy days when i thought it was the last time that i should sleep beside him i dared not refuse to satisfy this fancy of his i got up and hunted out my striped cap that was at the bottom of one of my packages out of forgetfulness i forgot to replace the screen rodolphe noticed it and hid the packages just as he had already done before good-night said he good-night i answered i thought that he was going to kiss me and i should not have hindered him but he only took my hand which he carried to his lips you know marcel how fond he was of kissing my hands i heard his teeth chatter and i felt his body as cold as marble he still held my hand and he laid his head on my shoulder which was soon quite wet rodolphe was in a fearful state he bit the sheets to avoid crying out but i could plainly hear his stifled sobs and i still felt his tears flowing on my shoulder which was first scalded and then chilled at that moment i needed all my courage and i did need it i can tell you i had only to say a word i had only to turn my head and my lips would have met those of rodolphe and we should have made it up once more ah for a moment i really thought that he was going to die in my arms or that at least he would go mad as he almost did once before you remember i felt i was going to yield i was going to recant first i was going to clasp him in my arms for really one must have been utterly heartless to remain insensible to such grief but i recollected the words he had said the day before you have no spirit if you stay with me for i no longer love you ah as i recalled those bitter words i would have seen rodolphe ready to die 
and if it had only needed a kiss from me to save him i would have turned away my lips and let him perish at last overcome by fatigue i sank into a half-sleep i could still hear rodolphe sobbing and i can swear to you marcel that this sobbing went on all night long and that when day broke and i saw in the bed in which i had slept for the last time the lover whom i was going to leave for another's arms i was terribly frightened to see the havoc wrought by this grief on rodolphe's face he got up like myself without saying a word and almost fell flat at the first steps he took he was so weak and downcast however he dressed himself very quickly and only asked me how matters stood and when i was going to leave i told him that i did not know he went off without bidding good-bye or shaking hands that is how we separated what a blow it must have been to his heart no longer to find me there on coming home eh i was there when rodolphe came in said marcel to mimi who was out of breath from speaking so long as he was taking his key from the landlady she said the little one has left ah replied rodolphe i am not astonished i expected it and he went up to his room whither i followed him fearing some crisis but nothing occurred as it is too late to go and hire another room this evening we will do so to-morrow morning said he we will go together now let us see after some dinner i thought that he wanted to get drunk but i was wrong we dined very quietly at a restaurant where you have sometimes been with him i had ordered some bone to stupefy rodolphe a bit this was mimi's favourite wine said he we have often drunk it together at this very table i remember one day he said to me holding out her glass which he had already emptied several times fill up again it is good for one's bones a poor pun eh worthy at the most of the mistress of a farce writer ah she could drink pretty fairly seeing that he was inclined to stray along the path of recollection i spoke to him about something else and then it was no longer a question of you he spent the whole evening with me and seemed as calm as the mediterranean but what astonished me most was that this calmness was not at all affected it was genuine indifference at midnight we went home you seem surprised at my coolness in the position in which i find myself said he to me well let me point out a comparison to you my dear fellow if it is commonplace it has at least the merit of being accurate my heart is like a cistern the tap of which has been turned on all night in the morning not a drop of water is left my heart is really the same last night i wept away all the tears that were left me it is strange but i thought myself richer in grief and yet by a single night of suffering i am ruined cleaned out on my word of honour it is as i say now in the very bed in which i all but died last night beside a woman who was no more moved than a stone i shall sleep like a dock labourer after a hard day's work whilst she rests her head on the pillow of another humbug i thought to myself i shall no sooner have left him than he will be dashing his head against the wall however i left rodolphe alone and went up to my own room but i did not go to bed at three in the morning i thought i heard a noise in rodolphe's room and i went down in a hurry thinking to find him in a desperate fever well said mimi well my dear rodolphe was sleeping the bedclothes were quite in order and everything proved that he had soon fallen asleep and that his slumbers had been calm it is possible said mimi he was so worn out by the night before but the next day the next day rodolphe came and roused me up early and we went and took rooms in another house into which we moved the same evening 
and asked mimi what did he do on leaving the room we had occupied what did he say on abandoning the room in which he had loved me so he packed up his things quietly replied marcel and as he found in a drawer a pair of thread gloves you had forgotten as well as two or three of your letters i know said mimi in a tone which seemed to imply i forgot them on purpose so that he might have some souvenir of me left what did he do with them she added if i remember rightly said marcel he threw the letters into the fireplace and the gloves out of the window but without any theatrical effort and quite naturally as one does when one wants to get rid of something useless my dear monsieur marcel i assure you that from the bottom of my heart i hope that this indifference may last but once more in all sincerity i do not believe in such a speedy cure and in spite of all you tell me i am convinced that my poet's heart is broken that may be replied marcel taking leave of mimi but unless i am very much mistaken the pieces are still good for something end of chapter twenty part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine